Well, hello and welcome to Voices of District 303, a periodic podcast to celebrate the people and programs of St. Charles, Illinois Community Unit School District 303. I'm Dr. Jason Pearson, and I have the honor of serving as Superintendent of Schools, and today I will be your host. I am so excited today to have uh, three of our educators in the district as our guests on our program. And I look forward to talking about um, what they do and how they support student learning and teacher learning in our school district today. So as we get started, I would like to just go around and let them introduce themselves. Sure. Hi, I'm Amanda Wojcik, and I am an elementary instructional support coach um, with a really special year this year, ha having been a fourth grade teacher and um, engaging in some coaching work uh, alongside that. Hi, I'm uh, Lizzie Vanderwood, and I am one of the middle school instructional coaches. Uh, specifically, I work at Thompson Middle School. And I'm Monica Bailey, and I'm one of the instructional coaches at North High School, and I also teach a social studies class. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I think probably our listeners have figured out by now that we're going to actually talk about instructional support coaches and, and coaching in our district. It's a really great program that we have had the opportunity uh, to have in our school district for several years now, I think maybe 13 or so. Um, it's been in District 303, and when I came to the district 11 years ago, the program was already up and running, and I know that as, as we've progressed uh, through the years that it's only gotten better. So I'm wondering if as we get started, if we could just talk a little bit about what is an instructional support coach? An instructional support coach is a colleague in the building who promotes professional learning just in time and a partnership with our staff to improve student learning. So we really focus on partnering with people to focus on innovation, to look at more effective ways of instruction, to be creative, to reach every learner with their unique needs. And so we're just that person by your side who you can trust, you can do professional learning with, and we challenge thinking, we challenge and push our, our educator colleagues. I think a lot of times people make assumptions about teaching that, you know, we go to some kind of formal training program and we learn to teach and, and how to engage student learners. And that um, when we come out of college or come out of our master's program, that we, we're ready to go. Um, and I think that that's one of the misnomers as we think about um, what, it, what instructional practice looks like today and, and professional learning in our schools. Um, so how would you say an instructional support coach supports um, professional learning for teachers? The unique thing about working in a school setting is that most people in the world have experienced this. And so most people think, oh, teaching, I, I know that. I know what that is. But as time progresses, there is so much more research and understanding about how learning happens and about how instruction impacts learning. As, as a coach, I think oftentimes we can help to serve as that bridge of what, what is the new research? What are new methods? What are new ways of teaching that we actually know work better than what we 
went through when we were in school. And I think that's something that, that's hard as a teacher sometimes because often we've done really well in school. We, we wanted to come back and be here full time. So we liked it, but turns out sometimes what, what we experienced maybe wasn't actually the most effective. And so we actually have to be really open to change and being flexible. And as, as the coach, I think we help teachers approach it that way of being open and flexible and doing differently. Um, and also looking at what is the most effective way to do this and how are we going to reach the most learners and have the biggest impact? Yeah. And I think what's, what's really special about the way that we engage in that work is through the job embedded experience where we get to practice and grow right inside the, the instructional setting where students, you know, where we're all there together, students, teachers, coaches, learning and practicing together. And that's such an important part of the, of the professional learning is that our students also get to see models of how we continue to grow and evolve, um, how we don't do that work together, um, but that we're always reaching for that person that can help push us just as we're teaching our students to do with each other and just as they're seeing their teachers um, support them. Well, speaking of flexibility, now that we have all experienced this last year of school under the pandemic, I know that it kind of last March turned education as we knew it to date on its head. And we had to uh, make a lot of shifts in what was going on. And one of those shifts um, was at the elementary level, we needed to reduce our class size. Um, and we looked to our professionals across the district to help us do that. And Amanda, you actually moved back into the classroom um, full time uh, to support some fourth grade learners. How has that shift been for you? And what could you uh, tell us about how it's impacted you as a teacher and then also as a coach? I've been a full-time instructional coach for 13 years. It's been a long time since I've had a, a classroom of students um, that I see all day, every day. And so, uh, you know, the first thing that, that I do is put on that metacognitive hat for sure. And, and as I'm, as I'm teaching and learning, I'm all constantly thinking, how does this translate now into more systemic change? What am I learning? What am I wishing I had somebody right here supporting me? with because that's something that our elementary teachers don't have in the same capacity this year. They don't have a full-time coach to go to. So I'm constantly thinking, where are the learning needs that I have? Now, how am I going to, to support teachers differently because they probably have similar learning needs that I'm experiencing. It's opened my eyes to instructional practices that um, I have seen uh, be really effective and think, how can we support um, these practices in a more widespread way? Um, it's, it's helped me to see that uh, we experience um, challenges, difficulties every day uh, because something's new every day. You know, the way it's impacted me as a coach is, is that that's completely shifted the way <laughs> that I've had to coach as well, where my role has been a full-time classroom teacher. I still believe that we all need to learn and grow every day and a coach and a coach supports that. I've had to be creative and innovative as well and think um, if it's, Teachers still are coming to me saying, okay, I need support here. How can I do that through, through video feedback, um, through some kind of different experiences? Um, and so just as teachers have, have been innovated in their own practice in their own classrooms, I think um, elementary coaches have done this uh, this year as well. 
Monica, can you talk a little bit about kind of what the coaching process looks like um, with a teacher? I mean, I know, you know, as coaches, you're kind of generalists in instructional mm -hmm. practice. Um, and how then do you help support teachers across various disciplines and, and content areas in their, um, in their instruction? We're all learners. And so there's something, a challenge that we're facing, and whether it be something that we notice or something unique to the students in front of us. I mean, one thing about any hypothetical teaching practice is we have to implement this with students who all bring their own personalities in their all group. So we'll usually start with an initial meeting. And when we talk about, we try to really define what is it that we're working on? What is our goal? And we go through some coaching processes to try to narrow down that goal. And then we always collect some pre-assessment data, some data about if it's about the type and quality of the questions that students are asking in class, then I can come in and observe and collect that data. We reflect on it, decide on some action steps, try them out. Often I'll be in the classroom with the teacher trying them out. I'll collect data during that process. And then we reflect on the data. So you can see this kind of cycle of pre to post data collection, a really high leverage instructional strategy, something that they want to try out with the, the support of somebody by their side. What's unique in the training that I provide with this partnership is I'm trained in paraphrasing. I'm trained in questioning that helps people dig into their own knowledge base, into their own expertise, and realize that a lot of the instructional practices are do carry across any discipline. But then the teacher themselves brings that disciplinary lens to it, where together we combine to create knowledge and to create experiences and create learning based on the expertise that we bring into our conversations and partnership. Since we have three coaches at each of the high schools, often staff will choose to work with one of us based on our personality, because coaching is unique to how we all approach it as well. We carry some of the same traditions, obviously, with paraphrasing and questioning, but we also have different mannerisms that make it very unique as well. Um, so a coaching cycle can be short, can be long, ongoing, but really it's about student focus to make something better for the student experience. Well, Lizzie, I know that you have said before that coaches are reflective in their practice, and um, it's my understanding that you connect your work with a wildly famous soccer coach. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Over the pandemic, I uh, watched the TV series Ted Lasso with uh, Jason Sudeikis, and the premise uh, quickly of that is uh, he has uh, won a national championship for a small school here in the States for football, and he gets a position to coach soccer over in the UK. Watching Ted Lasso coach, he talks about, I don't really need to know soccer, I'll learn it, but it's about bringing out the best in the person. If I am a coach, then I have as much um, in this game as do the players, as do the teachers. And I care just as much for their successes and their losses, and I care about them being the the best person they can. Um, and so I, I really try and reflect about that and try to have as much passion and care about their students and about their goals as I do about myself and my own growth. Ted Lasso just really connected with me about that and about how he really cared about those individual players and he wanted the best for them. And then when they had the losses, 
It's like, all right, well, we're going to learn and we're going to grow from this. And I, and I think about that so much, you know, a coaching cycle doesn't mean you're going to end up at the end of this being an expert teacher. It means we're going to learn something along the way and make our students better for it. When I am in classrooms with students, I tell them like, well, you guys know what a coach is. I'm here. I'm coaching the teacher. That's what I'm doing. And it's just, it's, we're given a name for a reason, a purposeful name. Well, you know, I, I, you mentioned, and I think it's very true. Um, our, our teaching practice is often very personal, um, you know, for the person that's, that's teaching. And, and I think all of our educators want to do their best work. You know, Amanda, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how you help people feel safe to be vulnerable with this practice that's so personal, um, to be able to, to work through maybe making some change or improvement or enhancement in their instruction. It all um, depends on the establishment of a learning culture. And that's what we have here in D303. That's what we have within our school buildings. It's that belief that everybody comes here every single day and deserves to learn and grow. And that everybody includes our students um, and all of our staff. And so having that learning culture in place um, really sets the tone and the pace for the work that we're gonna do. Um, we expect that what we do this month or today is going to change and we're going to have to grow because the students in front of us are going to grow. Just kind of starting off with, with that understanding and that belief is a really great place to, to, to move from. Um, the other things that we do in terms of providing safety is, is being really clear about how we're going to work together. Um, we clarify our roles. We, um, we make sure that as a coach, I understand um, my responsibilities and here's how I'm going to follow through. Here's the part that I'm going to play. Lizzie really talked about that reciprocity um, in terms of that relationship. And we, we absolutely start that way by clarifying those roles. Um, how are we going to work together in that teacher's classroom space with those students. Um, we we talk about confidentiality. That's really important. And we make sure that it's really clear that the work that we're doing together is for the benefit of students. It stays here between the two of us and what we can celebrate and what we can problem solve together. Um, many times teachers choose to share the work that they're doing because they see the benefits in their students and they can't wait to celebrate and share the growth that their students are making, and in turn, obviously, the growth that they're making as educators as well. Um, and so it really uh, comes from a partnership. And we actually establish what we call partnership agreements. And that's kind of what I, what I talked through, but um, to give it an actual name, it's a partnership agreement. Um, and it's, it's important that our community, our teachers and our students, everybody uh, has the same understanding of what we mean by instructional coaching um, so that we can, we can expect to work in these ways. Well, we mentioned earlier the pandemic, and I know that that really has been an incredibly challenging time for our teachers, for our students, for our families. But I also know that there have been some lessons that we've learned from um, our experiences. And I think that there are some things that each one of us that we all hope will take forward uh, with us as we continue to provide learning even after the pandemic is over. So what I'm hoping is, is that each one of you might can talk a little bit about what do you think we've learned um, about instruction from the pandemic and uh, from our experiences? And what do you hope we can kind of take with us going forward um, as we continue to learn and grow as, as an organization? There are so many things flying through my head right now. Um, I'm in the time of year where I start to like 
What are my takeaways? So it's right in my mode of thinking right now. This definitely reinforces to us the importance of relationships. Um, a lot of teachers have gone through a mourning process this year about not feeling as connected with their students, even though when we ask our students, they do feel connected to the teacher. And so we've had success, but they are really missing their more traditional ways of getting to know each other. It's the jokes that you make in your classroom at the beginning of class. And at the high school level, since we've shifted, we're sometimes remote, sometimes in person, sometimes kids are always on the computer. You know, people are just really missing and, and didn't realize how much they relied on those just authentic, organic ways of getting to know kids. And I know every teacher I talk to is saying, gosh, I've always built good relationships and I know how important those relationships are. And so I think that's something that has reinforced because I think that's a strength for our district is the relationship that we build between staff and students. Um, as for instructional practices, I think so many people got really more comfortable with self-paced, with personalized, with those blended ideas where these students are working on this and I'm gonna check in with them at this time and these students are working on this and I have systems of feedback and monitoring and really kind of thinking outside the box about how kids engage with a curriculum and even really questioning how, what is our curriculum? What is the core of what we want kids to, to take away from us? And the skill-based focused and this really tight feedback loops where I've seen a ton of people do a lot of reflection and growth this year. And to build on that idea about connections, I think one of the things that I've I've seen and experienced and 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 set out to um, to ensure myself are those connections within the community. We found ways um, to broaden student school experience because of the ways that we can interact um, with with people outside of our buildings, outside of our classroom walls. Um, just thinking about the fourth graders in my classroom this year, they've experienced a published author who has come in virtually to be able to talk with them about their own publishing practices, um, to kind of welcome them into the club of being published authors themselves. Um, they've been able to establish partnerships with um, some students over at St. Charles North High School. Um, members of the Social Studies Honor Society are mentoring the fourth grade students as they engage in a writing project right now. They're able to connect during that extended learning time while my students are still in class, they're at home, and they can have these virtual mentorship um, opportunities. That's so exciting. And thinking about the, the authentic ways in which kids share their learning in a, in a real authentic way, creating displays that are actually going to be out in the community to get feedback from others. So I think it's just opened up when we talk about authenticity. Boy, <laughs> we're really talking about, about extending those connections and creating the, um, these experiences for kids um, that really showcase what school really is meant to be. We've always been a collaborative community in D303, but I think the doors have swung wide open on that even more so because we were flung into such new ways of working and such new ways of instructing and teaching and learning that the collaboration has just become tenfold of what it was. And I've seen a lot of people open up uh, their collaboration networks to people in other buildings um, and even outside of their professional learning communities or outside of their teams. The other thing that I think goes along with that is um, there's with part of that is a lot more discussion on 
um, engagement and, and motivating students for the learning process. As students had to shift so much to learn in either a hybrid or concurrent or remote model, um, the, the need for students to engage within their own learning um, grew and it also changed. And so I think a lot of our collaboration has been about how am I going to get these students to be invested within this this task within this standard, within this unit. And to Amanda's point, I think that often led to us coming up with really creative, really um, unique ways of made, making it more authentic. Um, to Monica's point about um, making it, uh, it rigorous and making it something worthy of exploration and more personalized for the students because we had to. And now we're seeing, oh my gosh, that actually is way better anyways. So let's keep doing it. <laughs> so you've talked a lot about how you support teachers and some of the instructional practices that are in place and how, how you help move that work forward. I'm just curious, as you think about instructional support coaches across the district, how do you support each other? What does that look like? It's it's always happening. You've got this, this group of, of, of individuals who have um, the same training and what Monica talked about, paraphrasing and questioning and and we we understand the way that planning conversations and reflecting conversations tend to go we can jump right in um, and get coached ourselves um, I talked about as as my year as a fourth grade teacher this year um, being met with new challenges that I haven't faced sometimes ever and I know this is this is the time I need a coach I literally say that and I think who am I going to be able to connect with well Monica is actually um, engaging in a coaching cycle with me right now with the mentorship and with the St. Charles North um, students I found myself stuck and thinking I need a planning conversation right now so I reached out to Monica and we meet every couple of weeks uh, to to look at where are we in terms of meeting the goal? What's the evidence that uh, that has been collected to let us know where we are in reaching the goal? Um, so, I mean, that's a very real example that's happening right now. <laughs> but um, but you'll find examples like these all over the place where we are a network that supports each other, each other's growth, and we engage in coaching ourselves. Since we're trained, we can get really specific. Like I remember emailing Lizzie earlier this year and I'm like, I'm stuck. I need a planning conversation and it's going to take 17 minutes. You just know exactly what you need, where you're stuck and you can articulate it. I think it's fortunate that we have this group and community that we can throw an email out to our group and just say, who's available to help me with this? And someone's like, oh my gosh, I can, I can jump on the phone with you right now or jump on a Zoom now that we have this kind of technology. And it's it's an amazing, empowering group to work with. So many of us have um, certain uh, niche areas of education or of instruction that we're particularly interested in, or maybe just working on at that time. And we kind of always know where people are at with that, whether it's teaching courses through the district or just their own personal endeavors and research into it. So if I'm working with a teacher on um, differentiation, I know that I'm going to reach out to Monica right now because I know she's working on that um, in a certain realm. Uh, the other place too that I think um, 
we have to mention that we get so much support from is just the teachers within our building. Um, every day I learn from seeing them and I, uh, on small scale things of maybe I'm seeing somebody interact with a student in the hallway or I'm within the classroom and I'm taking something away that I think, oh man, I got to remember that move. That was really genius. And I want to follow up and see the outcome of that. Um, so it is, yes, we're, we're the term coach, but I think we're also side by side with the other educators in this building and learning from them. Um, gosh, just as much, if not more than um, they're sometimes learning from us. Well, as we're sitting here having this conversation, I continue to think of more and more questions that I want to ask. And I can tell that we're going to probably need to have some follow-up uh, discussions about instructional coaching and how that supports um, educators and professional learning in our district. But as we kind of bring this segment to a close, I'm wondering if each one of you could just give us kind of a closing statement of what is it you want everybody to know about instructional support coaches, coaching, or professional learning in our district as a closing thought. My belief now more than ever after having having been in this role for 13 years is that not only does everybody need a coach, everybody deserves a coach. We all deserve the right to continue um, forward momentum and, and continued growth and learning. Um, and so it is something that is now expected, which is such a cool thing in our district. Um, I, I mentioned before that having been in the classroom this year and not been in a full-time coach role, People, teachers will pass me in the hall and say, oh my gosh, I needed a coach today. I need to talk. I, I can't wait to be able to have you again, um, a coach to be able to work through the things. They miss it. They thrive on it. And, and that says a lot for the culture that we've built um, over, over the last 13 years with this program. People want to do their best. And this is a very challenging job. And as much as you are with a lot of people in a building, like 2,000 plus people, you feel somewhat isolated all at the same time. It's this weird juxtaposition in your head. And so I think everyone deserves to have a non-judgmental partner who is just along with the journey with you and where they can celebrate the success they have with students. We can see how we work with educators to make things better for students, which makes it better for them. People get really excited to have somebody to celebrate with and somebody where they can feel the energy that when they, they hit it with kids, you know, they get it right. And they're just so thrilled to have that success. And we are right by their side. I love that we have the student focus that our staff is so student focused and that they deserve a person to help them maintain that focus on being the best they can be. Everyone has experienced school. So it, it sometimes from the outside can seem as though, well, I, I could do that. I know what my teachers did. And I think it's more complex and complicated on the inside than, than you realize when you're going through it as a student. So many other professional careers um, have the mandate to continue professional learning. The coach is one of the most effective ways to do that with teachers. I'm proud to work in a district that views that responsibility so important that we have teachers that are not settled with the status quo and are not um, stagnant in their practice and that they are encouraged uh, to seek out that growth and that the district puts um, 
its energy and time into, into that because the natural outcome of that is, is better for students. Something we, we really go through and we talk about as coaches is having a positive presupposition, always assuming the best um, out of the teachers we work with, that everybody is actually trying their best and we're there to help bring that out of them. That just goes hand in hand with the district is honoring and valuing that by having coaches because there's the district is saying, we know that teachers are trying their best and we're going to provide this help and support to make sure you are your best. Well, I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. I can say as superintendent of schools, I'm really proud to be in a district that has such a commitment on the part of our staff to professional learning and continuous improvement. And I appreciate the insight that you've given us into some of the work that our instructional support coaches do and kind of the complexity of the change process and and how we facilitate that and support that with our educators. So thank you so much for spending the time with us today. And I look forward, hopefully, maybe to some further conversations about coaching in our district. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.